Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to the Foul Blog Podcast, presented by You Got It. Yes, me again. So, first is first, I think we need to talk about the NBA, what's going on inside the NBA, and more specifically, the Celtics and Heat series. So, the Celtics and Heat series just wrapped up a day or two ago, and I think it's incredibly important to mention what just happened in that. So, without further ado, let's get recapped, let's get reminded of what really went on inside that really exciting series. I mean, that was, talk about intensity and just flat out fun to watch. Let's find out what happened. And fires the three, and that might do it. Al Horford with the rebound, throws it up in the air, and the Boston Celtics will go to the NBA Finals. They complete a wire-to-wire victory on Miami's home court. The Celtics going to their 22nd NBA Finals. So like they said in that video, they are going to their 22nd NBA Finals, which is amazing, amazing, amazing. And to make it even further astonishing, right, we had to talk about the fact that they've been at least half of the Eastern Conference Finals, which is another incredible milestone to think that the Celtics have been this dominant for this long because, you know, a lot of other teams, they talk about, the Lakers, maybe, well, not really the Nets, but as of lately, there's been a lot of excitement around the Nets because you know they have so many dominant players on their team, but obviously they couldn't do anything with it because we swept them in the first round of the playoffs, which obviously we made it look so easy. And the reason why we make it look so easy is guys like Al Horford, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, I mean, there's three guys right there, and I don't need to continue the list because we all know the list can go on and on and on and on, which is good. So we're going to be playing Golden State on Thursday. There's going to be a lot more coverage on that on our end, and so we'll make sure we do separate recordings of that to make sure that it is accessible to each and every single one of you because obviously the NBA Finals is such a significant event where it deserves its own kind of conversations and so like i said more coverage will be posted on that later so it should be like i said another great playoff round to watch i mean celtics again dominant team golden state again that's another team that's been dominant for a little while now i feel like a lot of times when we talk about the nba finals that is a team that we have discussed Within the last five, ten years, time and time again. And so now we'll make the transition into Red Sox stuff. And, you know, it's been an interesting week, I think, to say the least. You know, we I'll be jumping around the games a little bit just to make some points come across the screen to you. Because, yeah, interesting is the nice way to put it right now. And the first example I'm going to use for all of us, really, is the game on Friday, right? 7-10 game Friday. Well, before I use the game on Friday, I think it's important to note that we're still in fourth place, still trying to 
get above 500, right? We're 23 and 26 right now, 0.469%. Last 10 games, we've been 6 and 4. We're 12 and 13 at home. We're 11 and 13 on the road. And we're 10 and a half games behind first place. So if you compare where we've been the last month and a half or so of baseball, it's definitely improvement. You know, we've definitely seen progress. You know, we've beat, we've been winning a lot of games that we've needed to. And it's important to continue to try to get the bats going, get the pitching going, and really making sure a lot of things connect. Because even a game like last night, the bats didn't do anything. And I'll, and I'll continue with that point now, right? Because if you look at last night's game, last night's game was the last game against the Orioles for this series at home. And tonight we're starting against the Cincinnati Reds at home, and we're playing two games against them. So I'll make sure I could continue to talk about that in the Celtics later on. But the bats literally didn't do anything last night. Literally nothing. And if you want proof, I mean, we literally scored zero runs across the plate. We got destroyed yesterday. And interesting enough, an umpire did too. I'm going to pull up a video video with that in a minute. But, I mean, the Orioles scored two in the first, two in the third, two in the fifth, one in the seventh, and three in the ninth. They scored 10 runs across the plate, 14 hits overall, and zero errors, where we had zero runs the whole game, only four hits. I mean, talk about a long game. That was a long game. I know being there, having only four hits on the Red Sox side, zero runs scored across the plate. I mean, I guess the only thing I can say about that game is that there were zero zero errors, right? I mean, Bobby Dahlbeck had a hit. Bogarts had a hit. Story had a hit. And Vasquez had a hit. Rich Hill. Rich Hill was on the hill for four innings. Had seven hits, six earned runs, uh, five strikeouts. Sawamara was on for two innings. Had a strikeout. Brazier was on for two innings. Had four hits, one earned run, one strikeout. Maddie Backpacks, Maddie Barnes, unfortunately could not save the game for us, as horrible as it was up to that point, because he was on for an inning in the ninth, had three hits, three earned runs, and one strikeout. And even during that game, I know a lot of folks were gone by the eighth inning, but as soon as they finished up playing Sweet Caroline, I know they were basically all gone by that point. But what's interesting to talk about, is what happened to the umpire. So partway through the game, everyone was sitting there watching us getting destroyed. And, you know, folks were being good, right? Folks were trying to make the best out of kind of a dismal situation. And all of a sudden, they started delaying the game. And the umpire behind home plate starts walking away from the field. And he started kind of tripping over himself. So I'm assuming it was some kind of concussion. 
And so eventually the umpire was taken into the Red Sox clubhouse and then eventually taken to the hospital. But here, let's take a look at what happened to have that dive deep look into it. I got the home plate umpire, yeah. John Tumpain. Yeah, you know, I, I I didn't think that that was Marvin Hudson umpire, but you know they have the, they gave us the. Uh, Boston does a pretty good job with their notes and all that, but would have thought that maybe that the last day they could have gotten the umpires right. But too much to ask, Jeff. But you got them right. That's all that matters. And the home run in the first. Still not getting to the fastball. So after a review of that play, right, as we just listened to and as we just watched, that guy was literally getting a beating, like hit after hit after hit through the entirety of the game. And so, yeah, as we watched towards the end of that video, right, of that quick last clip, it was ruled a concussion. And so what had happened, right, is that our medical crew ran on the field, took him out. And, you know, we switched things up a little bit just to make sure everybody was okay. And so, like I said, he went to the hospital in Boston to go through further assessments and to make sure that he was probably fine. And so, um, as we continue to go through other games, right? So, if we look at – so, we already talked about Seattle, which is good. And then – I mean, the series against Seattle, uh, not Seattle, the Chicago White Sox, that was a really good series to just have as a confidence booster too, right? So we look at, you know, the first game on Tuesday, May 24th, Red Sox won 16-3. Next game that Wednesday, White Sox won 3-1. Tough game, close game, it happens. Next game, Red Sox bounced back and won 16-7. And so, I mean, in terms of obviously things working, um, you know, that's when it worked. So that game on Tuesday and Thursday. And when the Red Sox score 16 runs, I get really, really scared. In a good way, but I get really, really scared because we know very well that we're ready to rock and roll. We are really, really, literally ready to fire on all cylinders. And so I wish that saying held true against the Orioles. Because if you look at a game like the game on Friday, that was just absolutely miserable like the game that happened yesterday. Because by the sixth inning, we were ahead 8-2, to two, which... And all of our heads were all thinking, okay, this is a great lead right now. We're obviously not going to blow it. And we don't have a single thing in the world to literally worry about whatsoever. Right? We had four in the first inning, two in the second, one in the fourth, one in the fifth. The Orioles had two runs at the top of the fourth. So, yeah, by the sixth inning, eight to two, great score. But things took a very, very quick turn, a fast turn which was just unfortunately significant, right? How does a team let up 10 runs in three innings? I have so many questions about that. 
because you have three to seven. And we we were the team that gave up ten runs, by the way, to the Orioles. Out of all teams, like literally the last team, not only in our division, but probably in the whole entire MLB. Or if they're not, then they're pretty darn close. Because we gave up three runs in the seventh, three runs in the eighth, and four in the ninth to lose by a score of 12 to 8. In total, they had 15 hits. We had 14. They had two errors. We had one. How do we do that? Again, how do we give up 10 runs and three innings? That's just horrible. Well, let's figure out who gave those up, right? So, I mean, Garrett Whitlock was on the hill for six innings, had five hits, two earned runs, and four strikeouts. So, again, pretty good outing for Garrett Whitlock, and he's got to be incredibly upset about that loss. And honestly, I would not blame him whatsoever because you have an outing like that where you pitch for six innings, which is pretty good for his Red Sox pit, like starter pitcher, which I'm very pleased about. I mean, yeah, five hits is five hits, two more runs. We made up for it, obviously, so that's not going to upset me too much. Four strikeouts. He did his job pretty well. So hats off to Garrett Whitlock for doing what he needed to do. Deakman pitched for an inning. Gave up three runs. Schreiber pitched for 0.2 innings. Gave up two runs. Strom pitched for 0.1 innings. Gave up three runs. Sawamara pitched for an inning. Gave up a run. So that, I think, tells the story that we've known about for quite a while, that we've been talking about for quite a while. It continues to be the story that proves itself true time and time again. The story regarding how our closing pitching cannot close the game. I mean, you would figure after all this time that our front office and our other staff members are in charge of the positioning the players and what happens at the field. You would think by now that we would have that all figured out. But no, after like at least five years of talking about the same thing over and over and over again, we still don't have it figured out. And we're losing games, some of the games being really close, a lot of the games being like this where we just literally kind of suck pond water and just don't do anything. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Because, again, you look at a game like yesterday where, again, the pitching didn't do really anything for us at all. And then the bats didn't do anything for us at all. So it was like the double-edged sword for both sides of the ball. So how can we create a team where we can fix all of that? And that's what we're supposed to be doing right now, but I just haven't seen it. There's games, there's a small stretch of games where it kind of proves to be okay. And then there's a lot of games like yesterday and Friday where it's stuff like that. And so, you know, I really don't need to go into it further. Just because of the fact that we all know this by now. We've all been talking about this for quite a while now. And it's just... It's just, I think, I think for all of us now, it's getting a little aggravating. And... You know, it's something that we got to continue to study, continue to analyze, 
And with the guys we have, you know, a very viable option is to see, okay, how can we how can we train them better, right? And that's the biggest thing is training and development too. Instead of like trading, like you trade baseball cards, instead of trading players, how can we also maybe save money in the long run? Not, you know, going out and getting the star pitcher of the year because, you know, you look at a player like David Price, or yeah, he had a couple of really good games for us, but other than that, he was basically a bust. And we had spent so much money on him too. You know, it seems like the problem we have is that we pay a top dollar for the guys who are supposed to be absolutely incredible. And by, obviously, by the time they get to Boston, they forget how to play and, or they just cease to try. So how do we remodel the, the way we think, the way we go about the entire system, right, in terms of how can we – Bring in guys out of the draft, out of college, or out of high school, wherever, wherever, whatever. And how can we create boatloads of talent within a house? So that way, hey, potentially in the long run, we could get you know a good amount of money for a trade, which would then in turn help us potentially long term, right? So it's all about creating solutions for the short term, short term that help create benefits for the long term as well. And so we already talked about yesterday's game, how horrible that was. We had a double header on Saturday. And Saturday we split the split the games. First one we lost and the second one No, rather, other way around. First one we won, the second game we lost and we in between the games a lot of folks had picked up the trash, cleaned up the ballpark, and got that all in right before a rainstorm came in. And good thing it was only a rainstorm because that morning they were predicting for significant storms that were potentially going to postpone that second game. But thankfully that did not happen, and we got the second game, and even though we lost. So that's one last time we had to face Baltimore, which don't really if I'm happy or sad about it because – I mean, we lost one, two, three, right? We we didn't win the series. That's that's what I'm trying to say, right? I mean, we did not win that series, which is really upsetting because the Baltimore Orioles could have been a great record booster and confidence booster, especially going into the series against Cincinnati, right? So, like I said, playing against Cincinnati today and tomorrow. And then on Friday, we start a series out in Oakland against the Athletics. And then immediately afterwards, we play against the Angels. So, a lot of interesting baseball coming up. Um, like I guess I also mentioned towards the beginning, we're at a record of 23-26. and 26. So, hopefully over the next several games, we can get above 500 and continue that to be a confidence booster going ahead because yeah, the last week we really need something. Um, and this is the time of the season where we need to get out of this losing slump and win, you know, a significant amount of games at a time in order to start giving ourselves somewhat of a better chance to actually do something. Because especially in the past with the Red Sox, what's happened is you know, we've gotten the all-star break. We've done really good at the all-star break. And then 
you switch that around. Once we get back, they go into a little bit of a slump, and then they come back out of it somehow, some way. So, without further ado, hopefully something will happen, and we'll catch you in a few days where we will talk about the Celtics, and then we will talk about what's going on with the Red Sox. So, I'll catch you then.